Hello, good evening, and once again, Happy New Year. I do hope you have an absolutely fantastic 2024. It's going to be a good one for all of us. I just know it is. Welcome to another episode of Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Welcome to my home here in beautiful Lime Bay. Thanks for joining me once again for our regular late night visit to those dusty studio archives of old time radio shows right here at my home on the south coast of the United Kingdom. As I look out of my studio window across the bay, it is torrential rain. I don't know if you can hear it, just against the windows. Probably not, because we're quite well soundproofed in here, but it is not nice weather. We're looking out, it's very damp, it's very dark. And all I could see far off in the distance is just flashing the lighthouse of Portland Bill. From where we are, situated here in Lime Bay, just sort of between Seton and Beer, If you look out across the bay, you could just see the flash every now and then, fairly intermittent, of Portland Bill. So you could take a look on the map and roughly work out where we are. I'm Brett, I'm your host for our Nighttime Podcast. Welcome to another episode. I've got Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Go check them out. They're all called Brett's Old Time Radio Show. And we've got a supporter page at patreon.com forward slash Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Can I ask you a huge favour? If you could share our show to your friends on social media... I'd really appreciate it. We're trying to grow as much as we can over the coming year. And uh, you guys sharing the show would be brilliant. Time now for our latest adventure from Rocky Jordan. This one was first broadcast on the 15th of January, 1950. It's called The Loomis Affair. Buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Time now for Rocky Jordan, brought to you by Del Monte Foods, the brand preferred by more women than any other line of canned fruits and vegetables in the world. Not far from the mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Café Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Del Monte presents Rocky Jordan and this week's story, The Loomis Affair. It was five after 11 when I walked into the Cairo Bank of Egypt and stepped up to the safety deposit box window. Good morning, sir. Could I help you? Yes, I'd like to get into my safety deposit box. Of course. Fill out this slip, please. A moment later, I'd given her my key, she'd taken hers, and we stepped into the vault. Then she handed me my box. Booth one is empty, sir. Oh, thank you. I'll be out here when you finish. I stepped into booth one, shut the door behind me, then I opened my box. I'd come to check some insurance papers. It didn't take me long to find out what I'd come for. A few minutes later, I closed my box and was just getting ready to step out of the booth when something stopped me. I listened. It sounded like a low cry of pain, maybe, or like a cough that got caught in the throat. But whatever it was, it sounded unnatural. I listened again. All I heard was assorted sounds of the bank, and soon all the sounds confused me, and I wasn't sure whether I'd heard what I thought I had at all. I listened some more, then gave it up as a trick of my imagination. 
I turned my safety deposit box over to the girl. She put it away, and I left the bank to go about my business. An hour later, I walked through the front door of my cafe tambourine. Sergeant Greco of the Cairo police was there, wearing his usual nasty look. He wasted no time. Mr. Jordan, you are to accompany me to the police station. What for? The Captain Sabaya would tell you when he wishes. Oh, sorry, Greco, I got a lot of work to do. Perhaps I did not make myself sufficiently clear. You are under arrest. Arrest? I would like nothing better than a show of resistance on your part, Mr. Jordan. Oh, evolution got mixed up with you, Greco. You should have come out with a white stripe down your back. Come on. Ten minutes later, we walked into the office of Captain Sam Sabaya. Sam was sitting behind his desk looking real grim, but he wasn't alone. Sitting there, too, was the girl from the bank, the same one who'd given me my safety deposit box. What's this all about, Sam? Sit down, Jordan. I haven't got time to sit down. I got a lot of work to do. I walk into the tambourine and this this throwback to sit a weasel. Sit down, Jordan. You shall learn what this is about in due time. That is all, Sergeant Greco. Yes, Capitan. Now, Miss Farno, look at this man. Is he the one? Yes. He came into the bank this morning, and I let him into the safety deposit vault. What time? A few minutes past 11, Captain. The exact time is recorded on the slip of paper he filled out. Tell me what happened after you gave him his safety deposit box. Well, booth one was empty. I told him he could use that one. He went into it and shut the door. A few minutes later, I... I saw him standing outside the booth. Hmm? He handed me the box and left hurriedly. Then, some minutes later, we we discovered what had happened. Thank you, Miss Farno. That will be all. Yes, Captain. Jordan, you of course know of a man named Frank Loomis. Sure, I know him all right. I might even say that you once had a rather intense conflict with him, and not so long ago as that. I threw him out of my cafe, if that's what you mean. Loomis is a bum, you know that. He's taking a page out of the book of those old Chicago gangsters. Trying to set up a protection racket. Tried it on me and I threw him out. You too, Jordan, appear to have taken a page out of the book of those Chicago gangsters you talk about. Frank Loomis was knifed to death in booth number two of the Cairo Bank of Egypt at approximately 11 o'clock. And you, Jordan, appear to be the one who killed him. Hey, now, wait a minute, Sam. I've examined the evidence, Jordan. There is no question that you were in conflict with Loomis. There is no question that you were in the booth next to him at the approximate time he was killed. Well, there are other booths. Someone else could have been on the other side of him. Booth three was empty. It is true that booths four, five, and six were occupied, and those people will be questioned as a matter of course. Hey, that list of names on your desk, those are the names of the people? Do not look to them for hope, Jordan. The evidence against you is too strong. Just what do you got, Sam? Jordan, let me explain first that Loomis's safety box was in the booth with him. It contained a packet of $5,000 in American money. Obviously, the motive for killing Loomis could not have been robbery or the money would have been stolen. So far, that means nothing. The medical report shows that the knife severed a bone. It would require a person of strength to kill Loomis with a knife as he was killed. There are a lot of weightlifters in town. The inkwell in Loomis's booth had spilled and Loomis, before he died, spelled out your name with his finger. You're serious, aren't you? There are further things I wish to investigate. Just do not make any plans to leave Cairo. That is all for now. Well, Sam wasn't kidding, that was for sure. 
I felt like the tide was moving in because I knew what it meant to have Sam against you. Well, I walked to the corner, hailed a cab, and climbed in the back seat. And I pulled a slip of paper out of my pocket. It was the one Sam had on his desk. It listed the names and addresses of the other three people who were in the bank booths at the time Loomis was knifed. I figured the killer had to be one of those. Name one was B. Mulak, 178 Sharia Ifram Pasha. B. Mulak turned out to be a she pushing the century mark. She met me at the door with a crooked cane in one hand and an ivory-handled earphone in the other. Uh, what is it you ask? I said, do you know a man named Loomis? Oh, uh, Loomis? Loomis, L-O-O. Look, at 11 o'clock this morning, you went to the Cairo Bank. If you say so, Effendi... You got your safety deposit box. If you say so, Effendi... You went into number four booth. Fine tooth, indeed it is, Effendi. It is the last one I have got. Uh, Let it go. You don't know anything about Loomis. Loomis? Sorry, I must have the wrong place. Name two on the list was Nicholas Markedian, a high dignitary in the Greek Orthodox Church. That turned out to be a blind alley, number two. The last name on the list was Joseph Diotto. Address, 17 Sharia El Moor. My cab pulled to a stop in front of his place late in the afternoon. I ran up the walk, rapped on the door. No answer, so I tried again. Peter. I'm looking for Joe Diotto. He isn't here. I'll speak to whoever is. It'll be a one-way conversation. Nobody's here. Open up or this door will be looking for hinges. You're a smart guy. It gets results. All right, you're in. What do you want? You Joe Diotto? That depends. I think you are. And those suitcases over there say you're going on a trip. That's my business. Well, I'm making it mine. You know a guy named Frank Loomis? I've heard of him. He was knifed to death in one of the booths of the Cairo Bank this morning at 11. My condolences to Mrs. Loomis. You were in one of those booths at the bank around the same time Loomis was killed. Was I? The bank time record says so. You a cop? No, but the police will be here soon. Too late. I'll be gone. You look too good. I don't think I can let you go. I don't think you can stop me. Want to try? Joe Diotto's hand slipped down into his pocket. I had the feeling he was wrapping it around a gun. Then he just stood there waiting for me to come forward. I figured there was no percentage in it, so I pivoted and walked out of the place, hoping to make him think I'd given it up. I got into my cab and had the cabbie pull to a stop around the corner. I didn't have to wait long. A few moments later, another cab went by, Diotto in the back seat. So I tagged him. He ended up at the Cairo airport, and I saw him disappear into the crowd. I started out after him, then I heard the PA speak. PWH Constellation Flight 673 for Athens, Rome, Geneva, and Paris. Now loading at gate two. That was it, Diotto's plane. I had to move faster. I pushed my way toward gate two, but I never made it. A heavy hand grabbed my arm and spun me around. So, Mr. Jordan, I find you here at the airport. Get your hand off me, Greco. You get my sleeve wet. You, Mr. Jordan, are in no position to tell me what to do. I find you at the Cairo airport preparing to take flight from the city. Take flight? Hey, wait a minute. You got this wrong. I have not got it wrong, Mr. Jordan. You were told by the Captain Sabaya not to leave the city. And yet I find you at the airport preparing to board that plane for another country. But what other action were we to expect from a murderer? Joe Diotto's getting on that plane. He's the one that's skipping. He's Loomis' murderer. A fabrication, Mr. Jordan. I'm afraid you will not be able to talk your way out of this. No, your head gets fatter all the time, Greco. I tell you, Diotto's getting on that plane. We have positive proof of your guilt in the Loomis affair. And we are sure of your motive. 
Remember the packet of $5,000 in American money found in Mr. Loomis's safety deposit box? Yeah, sure. We have now found a packet of $15,000 in American money with Frank Loomis's stamp on it. Loomis's money, stolen from his safety deposit box. And do you know where we found the $15,000? In your safety deposit box. Well, there is no question about it. You killed Loomis and robbed him. Do one thing for me, Gregor. Stop that plane. Get the auto off and question. Hmm. It appears we are too late to take Mr. Otto off that plane. But it doesn't seem to matter much, does it? We have our man anyway. Come along, Mr. Jordan. Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Am I glad I heard about it. It's wonderful, simply wonderful. Well, okay, if you say so, but what? Why, Larry, Del Monte tomato juice, of course, what else? <laughs> I might have guessed. That natural flavor always gets everybody enthusiastic. Honestly, I never thought I'd find a tomato juice quite so fresh-tasting, so naturally good. It tastes just like summer. Maybe it tastes like summer to you, but it tastes just like big red tomatoes picked right off the vine to me. Appetizing? Say, when you get real, true tomato flavor like that, you've got an appetizer for sure. That goes for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And how the youngsters do love it after school. Well, it doesn't sound as if one can of Del Monte tomato juice lasts long at your house. Goodness, no. Buy at least two or three cans at a time and keep it handy. That's my advice. Friends, you'll welcome that advice, too, once you enjoy the fresh, natural taste of Del Monte tomato juice. Look for it at your grocer's tomorrow. Now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, The Loomis Affair. Well, I was sitting in the neatest frame since Whistler's mother. Loomis was dead. As far as the police were concerned, I was it. I was in the bank booze at the time Loomis was knifed. He wrote my name in the blotter before he died... His money turned up in my safety deposit box. And to top it off, Joe Diano, the guy Sam should have in my place, was winging his way out of the country. I began to feel real trapped, like a chorus girl at a sailor's convention. The Greco nudged me down the street toward where his car was parked. He figured he was going to get himself a medal taking me in. He shall ride in my car, Mr. Jordan. Aren't you taking a chance with me, Greco? You and I alone? We will not be alone. Abdullah is in the back seat. Into the back seat, Mr. Jordan. Don't shout, uh, Sergeant, and don't reach for your gun. Uh, I have mine pointing uh, right at you. The voice came from the back seat of Greco's closed car, but I couldn't see the face. All I could see was an overcoat and a pistol. But it wasn't Abdullah, that was sure. He was folded up on the floor, and there was a lump behind his ear. Get the sergeant's gun and police whistle, Jordan. What is the meaning of this? I want Jordan. Well, you'll have to get in line. I am in line. At the head of it. Well, coming? Or would you rather stay with the police? Oh, I'll take the change. So, Mr. Jordan, you think you are escaping from the law. This will go hard Keep with you. quiet and put your friend out of the car. Or we'll take him with us. Now, go on. Yes, 
Yes, of course. All right, Jordan, you drive. I better keep to the back streets, Jordan. Still got that gun on me? I know. I'm a friend. Yeah? What's the name? Butler. That draws a blank. Why don't you move up the front seat so I can see your face? I'm not much to look at. How about a reason, then? Why'd you spring me from Greco? I don't think you killed Loomis. Police say I did. Uh, they've been wrong before. They got a good case. I was there at the time Loomis was killed. His money turned up in my safety deposit a box. robbery? That proves my point. Loomis wasn't killed in a kind of money. He's not the type. He's the kind who gets it out of hatred or revenge or something like that. You sound like you know a lot about him. Yeah, I do. Then who killed him? That's what I thought you could tell me. What's your interest? I want Loomis' killer. Oh, I think I get it now. You spring me from the police so you can pump me for information. Well, it's fair. Your freedom for the killer's name. Well, I'd say Joe Diotto. Joe Diotto, huh? It could be. He was on that plane that took off from the Cairo airport. Where to? He didn't say. Follow a stop, Jordan. What now? You're getting out. Uh, Jordan, I've got some advice for you. Get yourself to the nearest private airfield and hop a plane out of the country. Yeah, maybe I will. But don't go Joe Diotto's way. He's for me. Sorry, Bartlett. I think I will have to go his way. He's my out. Maybe. But you're a sucker, Jordan, if you don't play it safe. Go to South America. I don't like the climate. Okay. Then I got a feeling you're asking for trouble. Bartlett ground the car into gear and took off. He could talk the way he did. It was easy. He wasn't up for murder. I was, and I wanted off the hook, and Joe Diotto was my out. I had to find out where he went. I found a telephone, put a quick call into the airplane office. Yes? Oh, this is Mr. Lambert of the British Embassy. I'd like to make an inquiry about your flight 673. Yes, sir? You had a passenger on the plane named Joseph Diotto. Could you tell me his destination, please? Official business. Oh, one moment, please. Mr. Lambert? Yes? Mr. Theato had purchased a ticket for Rome, but he is not on the plane. What? He turned in his ticket at the last minute. As far as we know, he has never left the city. Oh, it was cockeyed. Theato had made a beeline to get out of Cairo, and it turned out he hadn't left at all. Well, I still had a chance. The problem was to find him. I went back to the airport and spent a lot of time talking to cab drivers. Forty minutes later, I hit the jackpot. Fendi, I very well recall a man of that description, that Mr. Uh, Diato. Where'd you take him? I took the gentleman you referred to, uh, <laughs> to police headquarters downtown. Police headquarters? Are you sure? Oh, yes, Fendi, I am absolutely positive. Uh, where's the nearest phone? Uh, there is a public telephone over there, Fendi. Oh, thanks. Sam. Jordan. Jordan, turn yourself in. You are in enough trouble already without trying to escape. Look, let's talk about Joe Diotto. Oh, yes, Joe Diotto. I understand he ended up down at headquarters. Yes, Jordan. Mr. Diotto is here even now. Did you get anywhere, Sam? Can you crack him? I understand, Jordan, that you are of the opinion Mr. Diotto killed Frank Loomis. Yeah, that's right. Jordan, we have questioned Mr. Diotto extensively. 
In fact, he kindly postponed his trip to Rome, Italy, just so that we could talk to him. For your information, Mr. Diato is an agent of your own American police force who what? was in Cairo on special business. He was cleared by the Egyptian government Department of Security and is in no way connected with the killing of Frank Loomis. Oh, now, wait a minute, Sam. There must be some mistake. There is no possibility of mistake, Jordan. Now, I suggest you turn yourself in, since you cannot escape responsibility for Loomis's death. Sorry, Sam. No can do. There must be another answer someplace. Sure, there must be another answer someplace, but where? I went through the list of people who were at the bank booths at the time Loomis was killed. B. Mulak, the old lady of the fine tooth. Nothing there. Nicholas Markedian of the Greek Orthodox Church. Nothing there. Joe Diato, the American police, cleared by the Egyptian Department of Security. Nothing there. But there had to be an answer. Someone killed Loomis. Someone somehow put his money in my safety deposit box. Then suddenly it hit me. There was someone else at the bank booths. Someone who I hadn't even thought about. I was still in the phone booth, so I picked up the phone book, threw it open to the F's, and got an address on Sharia Rukar. All right. Mr. Jordan. Surprise, Miss Farnell. Well, I, I didn't... Really... I'll come in if you don't mind. I don't think that you... Thank you. You shouldn't be here, Mr. Jordan. The police are looking for you. I heard it on the radio. I can't think of a better place to be, Miss Farnell. I, I don't know what you mean, Mr. Jordan. I didn't kill Frank Loomis. The police say you did. I don't know. I I just told them what I knew and But then... you didn't tell them all, Miss Farnham. What? Now look, look at it my way. Yeah. I know I didn't kill Loomis. Someone else did. So I check on all the other people in the booths. One by one, they get ruled out. But then there's someone else who had access to every booth. Someone who looks real innocent, but who had a better chance than anyone. You. Mr. Jordan. I'm not finished. Loomis's money turned up in my safety deposit box. Aside from me, you were the only one even near my box. I gave it to you with my key to lock it up. All I had to do was turn away for a few minutes and you could have slipped the money into the box. When the police opened it, they could easily assume I killed Loomis for the money. That would be a little difficult to prove, Mr. Jordan. Yeah, I wonder. If the police run a close fingerprint check on the packet of stolen money, I wouldn't be surprised if they found out that you handled it. I, I don't know that that will mean anything. Well, don't bet on it, sister. All the police needs a little crack like that and they'll drag the whole true story. What was the Loomis killing all about? It wasn't robbery. What was it? Frank Loomis was an awful man, Mr. Jordan. Yeah, that's right. He was a crook, con man, all around no good bum. And the blackmailer. Yeah, figured it'd be something like that. Tell me what happened at the bank that you didn't tell Sabaya. Well, I put the money in your safety deposit box, as you said. But the killing? Well, while you were in booth one, Frank Loomis was in booth two. I went in and knifed him. That's all. Are you sure? Yes, yes, I killed Frank Loomis. No, you didn't, Miss Farnham. What? The medical report said the knife severed a bone. Sam said a person of strength killed Loomis. Skinny little girl like you couldn't have done it. It was a man. No, Mr. Jordan, it was not a man. I did it. Who's in the next room, Miss Farnham? The next room? There's pipe ashes in the tray. Or are you the type of... I told you you were heading for trouble, Jordan. Ah, Bartlett. Guess it figured. Don't get rash, Jordan. This gun might go off. Why'd you kill Loomis? Alice told you. He was a blackmailer. Only he was blackmailing you, not Alice. I run a lumber business. My books are... Once took a little fixing. Tax evasion stuff. Loomis got a hold of them and pressed me. Oh, it clears up now. He had them in a safety deposit box at the bank. 
You had to get to him, so you played up to Alice to set up a robbery scheme. He didn't play up to me, Mr. Jordan. We're going to be married. You got the ceremonies mixed. It's a hanging, not a wedding. Ah, you're both wrong. No hanging, no wedding. What do you mean, Bart? It's a double shooting, and right now. I don't need you anymore, Alice. Bart! What do you take me for? Do you think I have to saddle myself with a mouse like you? Bart, you don't mean that. After all, I did... It's a game, baby, a game. Only you didn't see it that way. Bart, Bart, those things you said to me, those evenings... Well, that started her off, and as she spoke, she got a savage look in her eye and moved closer to him. Soon she had him so worried, he took his eyes off me, and that was all I needed. I took a quick step and grabbed his gun off. I tried to yank away, but I wouldn't give, so his other hand reached down to pick up a cigarette tray and made for my head. But my foot was faster. It lashed out at his shin, and he howled. I didn't wait for the pain to die down before I buried a fist into his stomach. And another one full into his face. He folded up on the carpet, and he was through. I picked up the gun. Oh, the telephone operator will connect you with Captain Sabai at headquarters, Miss Farnham. Yes. Mr. Jordan. Huh? What will happen to me? I, I don't know. We'll have to get down to headquarters. There's still a few things that need cleaning up. Now, go on. Put in the call. We'll talk about you later. In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to conclude tonight's story. I don't pretend to be a fortune teller by a long shot, but I certainly can predict another big year ahead for Del Monte Catsup. It's already an outstanding Western favorite and making new friends every day. Well, I guess we know our good eating. And Del Monte catsup has such a big share of rich, lively flavor. Oh, that it has. A tangy, tasty, extra-tempting flavor that's just naturally friendly to other foods. And we men are just the ones to appreciate that kind of zip and zest, too. You'd better include women in that. I've never seen a catsup like Del Monte to pep up plain foods, like hash or beans. And don't think any budget-minded housewife is going to forget it. Yes, Del Monte catsup does have a special flavor all its own. And that's because it has a special ingredient all its own. It's pineapple vinegar. And it coaxes out all the rich flavor from those luscious, vine-ripened tomatoes Del Monte uses. Only Del Monte has it. Only Del Monte catsup has it. And what pineapple vinegar does for catsup flavor is really something. And just imagine... Del Monte catsup actually costs less than many other quality black brands. You know it's Del Monte for flavor and value, friends. So be sure to ask for Del Monte catsup next time. Back now to Rocky Jordan for the conclusion of tonight's story. Well, it didn't take Sam long to show. I told him what had happened, and Alice Farno verified it. Sam threw Bartlett into the wagon and took him in. Alice Farno and I went back to Sam's office in his limousine. Sam poured around a coffee, and we went into some of the other things that hadn't been cleared up. Miss Farno, what I should like to know is why you placed the stolen money into Jordan's safety deposit box. I didn't know it was stolen, Captain. Bart told me Mr. Jordan was going to help him, and... And that money was Bart's payment to Mr. Jordan. I see. Uh, about my name on the blotter, Miss Farno. Yes. Bartlett spilled the ink, took Loomis's hand after he was dead, and wrote my name with his finger, huh? Yes. Why did Bartlett snatch me away from Greco? What was all that song and dance he gave me about looking for Loomis's killer? I don't know why he said that to you, except perhaps to keep you from becoming suspicious of him. 
But I do know that I asked him to free you from the police if he could. I could not see you convicted of a killing that you, you didn't do. Huh? What now, Sam? Miss Farno, I suggest that you go home and rest. We will contact you later. Yes, Captain Sabaya. Oh, Captain. Yes, Miss Farno? I just want to say that while I knew Bart was going to steal the tax books from Mr. Loomis, I did not know that he was going to kill. Yes, I see. You see, a girl does not always know the true nature of the man she falls in love with. Goodbye, Captain Sabaya. Goodbye, Miss Farno. And goodbye, Mr. Jordan. Goodbye. Uh, sad case, Jordan. Yeah. What are you going to do with her, Sam? Well, I have some alternatives. I could charge her with accessory to the murder of Frank Loomis, or I could simply charge her with accessory to the robbery of Loomis's money. Or? Or I could let her go. I see. I did not say I would let her go, Jordan. Well, let's look at it this way, Sam. I got a couple of alternatives, too. Hmm? I could sue you for false arrest... Defamation of character, raise a lot of noise. Or? Or let you go. Yeah. I see your point, Jordan. Shall we consider the incident closed? For the finest in tomato flavor, enjoy the whole family of Del Monte tomato products. Del Monte catsup and chili sauce. Del Monte tomato sauce and tomato juice. And Del Monte whole peeled tomatoes. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Rocky Jordan, written by Gomer Cole and Larry Roman, stars Jack Boyles in the title role with Jane of LOS, Sam Sabaya. This program is produced and directed by Cliff Howell with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arunt. Remember, you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is The Face of Diana. Put gay summer flavor on your table with Del Monte Fruit Cocktail. Five ripe, luscious fruits, ready cut, ready mixed. A real flavor treat. It's quick and so delicious for first course, salads, or desserts. Del Monte Fruit Cocktail. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our latest adventure with Rocky Jordan. And don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow with those tales of the Texas Rangers going live from 5 p.m. GMT. As I mentioned earlier, we've got a supporter page, patreon.com forward slash Brett's Old Time Radio Show. And don't forget to share the show across your social media. Please, please, please. Thanks for listening. I'll be with you seven days a week, each and every week. And I'll see you tomorrow on Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Love you. Bye.